actually, I heard through my network that you were looking for an assistant. But I don't like you. Good. I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to get those wires hidden that water put away and a confirmed star-studded guest list for your opening. When can you start? Tony Child's Realty. Shelby Gerard, Director of Operations speaking. <laughs> What's good? It is, oh hell yes, a girlfriend's podcast. And uh, today we'll be covering the taming of the realtors. The realtors, they're, they're going, they're leaning into that phrase. Mm-hmm. They really are. This is the only time I've ever heard it was on this show. But uh, okay, yeah, that works. <laughs> uh, by the way, my name is Nettie. And uh, guess who's here with me, as always? It's Etsy Rowe. How's it I- going? I know y'all wasn't guessing. Y'all ain't guessed correct. I feel like you got a little fan club. I feel like you got like a low-key fan club. They love your uh, <laughs> your comments. <laughs> Actually, you make me giggle all the time. I got to keep it together. I got a podcast to record, but yeah. <laughs> so um, going on, before we get into the episode, some goings-ons in the world, not really in the world world, but in the world of streaming content, has any, have you seen Fear Street? No. Should I watch it? You haven't heard about Fear Street? I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. I'm still on LA's Finest, which is getting good, by the way. LA's Finest is is a bop. If you haven't seen LA's Finest, go ahead and uh, check that out. It's on Netflix, both seasons, um, starring Gabrielle Union and Jessica Alba. So I recommend that. We we recommend that. But Mm -hmm. Fear Street, you ever read the books as a kid or anything? Nah, nah. I was reading books that was um, I wasn't supposed to be reading. You know, like the Zane books and stuff. You know what? I believe that. I believe that. Considering your personality, I believe that Fear Street might have been too kid like for you. Um, But so there's a three part series. It's actually like three movies on Netflix. uh, Part one, part two, part three. Um, it's based in 1994, so it's actually a great little nostalgia thing, but it's straight up horror, horror, but it's kind of that teenage, like horror type, type of thing. So did they remake it? Well, it was never, it was only a book. So, um, it was a book series by R.L. Stein. So they made a movie out of it. Years and years after they first came out, they made a movie. I don't think there's any other Fear Street movies. This is all I know about. Fear Street Part 1, 1994. Yeah. And then Part 2 is 1978. Part 3 is 1666. But they're all connected. They're Mm. like based in 94. And then they tell stories about 78 and 19, or excuse me, 1666 that have to do with the people in 94. You got to watch it. Okay, I love a good horror. People, you know, a lot of black people don't fuck with horror movies. Like every time I be trying to, I be yes, they're out there. Is it because it's like the whole like, oh, that's the devil's work, devil's kind of shit? some shit like that, something like that. Like niggas really Why be, like, nah. be like that. <laughs> they be like, nah, I'm not watching that shit. I'm not into it. Like they'll get really serious about it. I'm like, sir, calm down. Like I'm not inviting that into my house, kind of shit yeah like they don't be wanting to watch it i'm like why are you so scary you mad big 
stupid. Um, <laughs> I'm not scared. Like, I don't like horror movies. Not for that reason. I don't like jump scares. I think we talked about that. But I will. I almost left the theater over some damn jump scares. I love a jump scare. I will. I will leave the room. I will leave the theater. <laughs> I actually. I didn't leave. Actually, I almost left, but I didn't leave because I. I came with friends and I invited them out. And I didn't want to leave them when I was the one who invited them. <laughs> so what, what was you watching? I was watching. Uh, have you guys seen the movie The Forgotten? Two thousand three, two thousand five, something like that. Uh, it was, it's starring Julianne Moore and Dominic West. If you don't like jump scares, don't watch this movie. <laughs> Ooh. Other than that, go ahead and watch it. But if you don't got a good heart, <laughs> don't fucking it. watch it. Scare me, um, bitch. But yeah, that's the only movie that I've ever thought about walking out of, for that reason at least. And then yesterday, I went and saw Space Jam 2. This is what the grown folks call it, Space Jam 2. Okay, how was it? I didn't watch it yet. I heard people trying to hate on LeBron. Like, how are you trying to paint on the motherfucking king? Um, well, we're not talking about his basketball skills. That's one thing we're not talking about. We're talking about his acting skills. That's the only thing that really turned me off about it. I'm just like... It was worse than Jordan's? It was worse than Jordan's. But then again, maybe I don't... Well, I don't know either of those dudes, but I know LeBron... He don't talk the way he did in the movie. Well, the beginning of the movie. He's very cardboard like he says his words almost robotically he was putting on his his mainstream voice yeah you could tell he was trying to talk <laughs> for for the whites because <laughs> i'm like he, you add, you have a little more thug in your voice in real life. <laughs> a little more bass <laughs> yeah come on lebron and some of his reactions like he would have to be like surprised but it wouldn't look like real surprise it would he, be a delayed He can't reaction. look genuinely. Yeah, he can't genuinely look surprised. But as the movie got on, went on, it, he he got better. He got okay. a lot better. But that's because he became the basketball player. I don't mm. want to give away the plot. But at the end, there's a big game. And he, when he's in this element on the court, he's himself. He knows how to deliver lines and sound like he's having fun. He was in another movie that I thought he did pretty, um, pretty decent in. It wasn't a big role, though. It was Trainwreck, right? Yes, it was. He, from what I heard, he did good. Yeah. But maybe it doesn't translate to kids' movies or something. Maybe mm. that's it. Yeah. I don't know. But it just, it was hard to watch. Um, <laughs> but that's it. Other than that, I give it a 7 out of 10. Okay. Gang, gang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, you know, most of it's due to the special effects. The effects were really good. It's more mm. sleek with the computer design. Oh, of course. Yeah. It's on HBO Max, too. You can watch it on there. You don't got to go to the theater. HBO. I decided to go to the theater because I wanted to go to a theater. It's been a while. Yeah. You, you could watch it other ways. But yeah, you could watch it on HBO Max, too. <laughs> <laughs> Etsy about to have y'all internet shut down. Etsy about to give y'all computer viruses. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go support. Go support. Go support. She's not kidding. <laughs> LeBron's rich as fuck. He don't need your tickets. OD. That nigga got money out the fucking ass. Neither does Bucks Bunny, Porky Pig, or none of them. HBO, they, they paid or, as fuck. Or whatever fucking movie studio made that motherfucker. They don't need your shit. Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers, bro. They pay. They don't need your ticket sale. They'll be fine <laughs> if you if you watch it on bootleg. They'll be fine. I promise to God. Support your local bootleg, nigga. Support black yeah. businesses. Yeah, you know what? Do that if you if your local um DVD guy has it. 
go ahead and get it from them. And then you can watch it over and over again. You don't got to get HBO Max or nothing like that or get viruses. Just go ahead and um, <laughs> real viruses on your computer or a coronavirus in the theater. You don't got to get either one. Just go ahead right. and get the DVD off the street. Mm. But anyway, The Taming of the Realtists, air date March 25th, 2002. It was written by Kevin and Michelle Marburger. Yum, yum. <laughs> so this is an April Fool's episode, which on March 25th, yeah, they couldn't wait a week. I guess they couldn't wait a week. I don't oh, know, but no. they could have. That's kind of random in there before. I don't know. Chill. It was really light on the April Fool's, too. Yeah. Light. Yeah. It was like diet April Fool's. <laughs> it was April Fool's light. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, what'd you think of this episode, Etsy? I enjoyed it. I thought it was really funny. I liked it. Yeah, there were some giggles. There were definitely some some giggles. I kind of felt bad for Tony for a minute. Jeez. She was going through it. She can't catch a break. But um, go ahead and give me that cold open. Yeah, so the guys, the moving guys, they're putting on all the last touches on her office, Tony Child's Realty. Gang, gang. And gang gang. And she's yelling at the moving guys because they haven't put away the wires. They're moving stuff this way and that way. So they're kind of ignoring her, like, okay, girl, we did our job. Um, then Lynn comes in. So apparently Lynn is her assistant for now. And Lynn yeah. is late. Lynn is late. And Lynn just comes, strolls in with her glasses and her coffee in her hand. Like, she the motherfucking owner of this shit. <laughs> and Tony is like, girl, you're late. You were supposed to be here at 7. And Lynn is like, um, you were serious? Which, damn, 7 a.m.? That's that's pretty early. It is kind of early. Like, huh? That's kind of early, yeah. Like, yikes. <laughs> so, Tony tells her to go down the list of things that she's supposed to do. And then Lynn just kind of brushes it off. And then she's like, oh, yell at, yell at Lynn, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> like making fun of Tony. <laughs> and then it gets to the the theme song. Uh-oh. Yeah, Lynn's a, Lynn's a little brat. Very. Lynn's a fucking brat. Like, this could actually, if you played your cards right, this could lead to a better opportunity than you working at a restaurant. And you're squandering it yeah it's weird like you don't have to be on your feet all you're doing is answering calls and like getting her coffee girl when you're working at that restaurant you out there busting tables having to deal with people bullshit face to face you on your feet and we know you're not making nothing close to a good salary as a you know a waitress hoping for tips right right girl and you're working for your you're working with your best friend like you don't have to make it this hard look at maya she took an opportunity yeah, Maya. and she stole that shit. That's crazy. And, you know, you, you want to root for Lynn because you want to have a better job. But if this is how she's going to do it. If she gets a real job, mm-hmm. then I don't know. When she gets out into the real world, you can't be late and talking back to the boss like that. That's crazy. She's comfortable because that's her friend. I bet you don't be talking to them like that at the motherfucking restaurant. Nope. Sure don't. And that's the thing with hiring friends. That's the problem. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, to me, that's a perfect opportunity. It's a low-stress job. You ain't doing shit. I don't understand how you can fumble that easy-ass bag. Like, fingers all slippery and shit. (laughs) 
<laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> you come up the top of the dome. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, honestly, I'm still baffled <laughs> by how you just come up with some of this shit you say. I've never heard it. Like, I've never heard someone go with fingers all slippery in that context before. Like, I, and I I've listen, heard it I all. I listen to a lot, a lot, a lot of Nikki. I'm a Barb. Okay, okay. So yeah, I'm a fan of Nikki. Oh yeah, if she goes on tour, let me know so we can get tickets. Gang, gang, got the hammer and a wrench. <laughs> She's awesome. I love her. Oh my god. <laughs> but Tony asks uh, Lynn to confirm the celebrity guest list, and Lynn doesn't care. And she instead wants to talk about who she saw at the Beverly Hills Springs, hot springs, some hot spot where the stars be at. So Tony gives her the run rundown on what her job description is. Let's pretend we're not girlfriends. I'm your boss and you fear me. You start work at seven. You check the voicemail for overnight messages, have the real estate section open and on my desk with the hot properties highlighted. You answer the phones and you don't put people on hold. You got that? She has her own desk. You got your own desk too? She got her own desk. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. Lynn, Lynn, but Lynn, Lynn doesn't want to do none of this. She's like, I got to start using my degrees. And I'm like, bro, you can't even do this. Right. How you going to do something? How you, how you going to get an actual job? I don't know. So then at the law firm, um, the next scene is kind of anticlimactic. <laughs> I didn't understand what was going on with Maya's news that she comes in and tells Joan in the office. Yeah, um, I, I guess this is, if you're a lawyer, you understand it. The judge pretty much says, skirt, to an, ex- an important aspect of the case that she's working on. Um, they denied her motion to do some shit. And from my understanding... From my understanding, it seems like Joan tried to do... You know what we used to do in school where we would, like, manipulate the margins and the fonts to make <laughs> to make our paper longer or and whatever. spacing, whatever. double yeah. space. Yeah, she tried to do that shit. And, but, like, the opposite, right? And to make it shorter. And the judge was like, skirt, skirt! And, yeah, so she's really upset about that. Yeah, there's a lot of legal jargon. Uh, they're working with a company called Logan Cor, Corpse Cor. And if they throw out the motion, then Logan, Logan Cor will go under. Now, I get what they're trying to show us is that, oh, these are important lawyer things. But it is kind of like as a as a regular kind of layman kind of viewer, it's kind of difficult to understand yeah. <laughs> what to care about or realize the importance of why she's so upset about it. Yeah, and I be watching a lot of Law and Order and shit. So, mm, and I'm I was still thinking like, that too. Um, I, I kind of can. <laughs> I watch. I was like, I watch SVU. I've not seen every episode. I watch the regular Law and Order, the Criminal Intent. Well, Criminal the Intent criminal don't got no thing. law, but I still don't understand fully mm-hmm. what is going on mm-hmm. in this episode. Done watch every episode of How to Get Away with Murder Child. I'm still like, what? <laughs> what she talking about? <laughs> So, I don't know, I guess. So, we're just going to talk about it like we can. Um, if y'all got something to add in, hit us up at Hell Yes Girl on Twitter and clear some stuff up. If we're saying it wrong, just tell us. You know, we human. Right. <laughs> but Joan's upset about this and she lets out a huge scream 
once Maya leaves her office. At first, she acts like it's all cool, like, oh, it's fine, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. But nah, she's really stressing about this. So Joan goes into Tony Child's Realty for lunch, and she's like, we gotta hurry up and go to lunch, and let's make it 80 proof, because I've had the morning from hell. And everyone's getting ready to go, and so does Lynn. And Tony's like, ah, 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 where are you going? And she's like, to lunch. And Tony's like, uh, what if someone calls? And she's like, voicemail. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, what if somebody walks in? That's why we have locks on the doors. Mm-hmm. And so it's another round of Lynn. At first I was like, dang, Lynn can't eat. <laughs> right. But then it's like, Lynn, you ain't do nothing for you to be taking no lunch. So... <laughs> and also she could order in they'll bring it to her she could stay right there she don't gotta go out to eat lunch true that too that's part of having a job sometimes when you have an important job you don't even eat because you don't got time yeah that's happened before welcome to the real world Lynn and um this is all because Tony's really stressed and swamped about all the stuff they have to do to get ready for this party that she's doing for their opening and it's supposed to be celebrities there so she has a lot to get done Mm mm-hmm even she's like, I can't go to lunch. I have so much to do here already. So in the words of Etsy Rowe, Joan and Maya scurry skedaddled out of there. <laughs> <laughs> and once they leave, Tony tells Lynn she can't go, but she leaves anyway. Lynn's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going. And she also quits at the very same time. Lynn. Which is really sad because I was rooting for Lynn. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so did you quit your job at the restaurant in anticipation of working for Tony? Or do you still have your job at the restaurant? That's the question. We don't see that in this episode. And I don't remember. Or was she going to do both jobs? I assume she was going to do both. That's why she couldn't uh, be a permanent for Tony. Oh, okay. But why wouldn't she just quit the restaurant if Tony? I'm sure Tony's paying her more. You know, Lynn makes decisions that I don't understand sometimes. Yeah, I don't think a lot of us understand. <laughs> <sighs> Man, but as she's leaving, Tony yells at her. Lynn, don't you dare walk out on me! I will hunt you down and find you the most select property because that's what we do at Tony Child's Realty. <laughs> And uh, this lady walks in. And can you describe this lady? Give me her vibe. Can you explain her vibe? She's given me, you know, y'all ever watched Lizzie McGuire? Remember the mom? Oh, my gosh. She does look like the mom. <laughs> she does. She got the same haircut and everything. Like that she white does. soccer mom haircut. <laughs> but I feel like the mom looked older. Yeah, she, she, she's younger, a younger version. But that's the vibe she's giving. Okay, and she's super cold, and she walks in. She doesn't really say hi. Well, I think, I don't think she says hello. She just walks in and starts looking around the office. No. A lot of white women do that. That's as per usual. They'll just start, (laughs) like, (laughs) their sense of, of social standing when they're talking or interacting with people who aren't white is very strange like they'll just walk in somewhere and not even acknowledge that someone is there in front of them like bitch hello hi to you i feel like that can be true both ways because i I tell you what like when i go into certain if i go into a realty office like that i'm obviously going to be like hi like that's just rude 
Um, if I'm walking into a store and I'm just looking to buy something as a black woman, when if it's a white store and someone's like, hi, can I help you? I don't feel like they're asking me mm. that. Like they're trying to mm-hmm. you, you scope me out. Mm. Yes, they, they, they I think that that's why they're talking to me. Like, I, I know I shouldn't think that, but that's what I think. I don't think you want to help me. I think you're saying something to me. So in case I want to steal, I know you're watching mm-hmm. me. Oh, it's definitely so. That. I I don't even interact, so that's why I that's why I don't interact sometimes when I walk into a store. Oh yeah, but obviously this lady doesn't have that issue because <laughs> she's a lot brighter shade than I am. <laughs> but um, I think yeah, she's just she's has a one track mind right now. She's checking out the place because we find out eventually she wants. Well, she's looking for somewhere to work, mm-hmm. and Tony's like, "Can I help you?" She's like, "No, I'm fine." And she she walks into Tony's office and looks around and shit. And we find out this lady's name is Shelby Gerard, mm-hmm. personal assistant to the stars. Oh, before before we find that out, did you notice the little shade she threw? She was like, "Oh, it's just these two rooms." Excuse me, bitch. Oh yeah, yeah. She's like, "This is it? Is it? This is it? This is it? Yes, bitch. Oh. The fuck." <laughs> um. She says she worked with the Wayans, the Baldwins, and one of the Sheens. So she has quite a resume. Quite a resi, if you ask. A resi, yes. I always say resi. I try to say, I try to incorporate that as much as I can. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's looking for a position right now, which is weird because you work with all those families, those big ass families, and you can't, you don't got nobody to work with right now? Yeah, I mean, each of them families got like, what, 10 kids? Ain't none of them hiring? Something like that. <laughs> none of them? Not not a one? Yeah, I don't know. I guess. Um, so then that makes me go, well, what did you do to get fired? Mm-hmm. What did you do to squander that opportunity? What did you do? Mm. Why, you, why are you looking for work? That would have been my first thought. But Tony is so desperate that she got other shit going on. Yeah, that's true. She did just lose her only assistant and it's whatever. But that would be my first thing. I think that if you're in a situation where you're not doing something or you're unemployed and you go, yeah, I used to work with this person and this person. That's not really a brag because where to go. Why are you not working with them now? Mm-hmm. What did you do? Something happened. You did something. So Tony doesn't want to hire the lady cause she don't like her. She's been rude since she's been in there, mm-hmm. but Shelby's like, well, I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to get those waters off the floor and those wires covered and a star studded cast list for your opening. Oh, and Tony's like, a bloop bloop. Wow. When can you start? And the phone rings and she picks it up and answers. I guess she starts immediately. She said, Tony Child's Realty, this is Shelby Gerard, the director of operations. She done gave herself a title, Shelby. <laughs> she gave herself a title. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, whatever works. Whatever makes you sound professional. I guess she is, though. Like, what? Wait. Who else is going to be the operate manager or director of operations? There's only one person in the whole fucking <laughs> the whole shit. office. You can pick any position. When it's a boutique agency like that or a small business child, you can make the name sound way bigger than what it is. And ain't nobody going to clock you. Hell yeah. I mean, there's no one else that already has that title in the company. So you just go ahead and it's you. It has to be you. Mm. I love when we get back to the to the law firm and Joan has all these papers on her desk and she's like trying to figure out how to fix the issue with the motion being thrown out. And she asked Maya, she's like, I thought you said your cousin works at the courthouse. She can't help me with this. 
And Maya's like, no, not the courthouse, the White House. And Condoleezza ain't got time for this. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess, I mean, that's canon that Maya is Condoleezza Rice's cousin. So if Maya has those type of connections in these high places, why is she not? Or why she's not an assistant? Why is she not an assistant (laughs) at the White House? I mean, she lives in L.A. Okay, the White House is, like, in the East Coast. Okay. But, damn. Good call. Nigga, still. I don't know. Who knows if she's been telling the truth? But, you know, people say, oh, that's my cousin. You ain't ever met him before. It's Mm -hmm. like, they're like your fifth cousin or some shit. Niggas always know niggas (laughs) from so-and-so that they never seen before. Yeah. That's why when people make a lot of money or they, they become famous, they be getting calls from cousins they ain't, they ain't never knew about. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, everybody got cousins they don't know about. Girl, cousins. I don't even. Is that real family? <laughs> like, I consider family immediate family, and anyone else is. I'm I'm only family with you if we close. But if you a cousin that I, I only seen like twice in my whole life. That's a that's a long lost friend. That ain't really <laughs> twice in your whole life is pretty rough. <laughs> so anyway, we we find out that uh, Maya has some uh, questionable cousins <laughs> coming up in this uh, episode. <laughs> but Swedelson comes in at that time and asks about the motion, and Joan explains everything that happened. Joan says. Judge Hackett threw out the motion because we cheated the margins. Wait. No, no, honey, you. I can still work here through the temp pool. <laughs> okay. Because she's like, bro, if I'm about to get fired, no, I'm not about to get fired because I, I can still be a temp here. Okay. And Sweetelson's like, it's fine. It's fine. Um, this is just a revenge plot because I revealed that Judge Hackett uses Rogaine. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Jones like, you know, if, if he doesn't accept our motion, Logan Corp, Logan Corp will go under. I'm just spitting it back out as I heard it on the show. I don't know what none of this means. Mm-hmm. So Swedelson's like, no, no, no. Judge Hackett is going under. I'm going to try to get him removed from the case. And he says, I got a good mind to sleep with his wife. Oh, I might just do that anyway. <laughs> Swedelson's a bad guy. Yeah. It's funny. Why he think he could sleep with everybody? Oh. He ain't even cute. Well, he has money. You know, people have money. They don't care about their looks. They know they can get by on that. I guess. Yuck. I mean, especially those older white guys. They're like, Psh, any like I could pay for anything. If these girls, these young girls don't like me because I ain't cute, I bet my money cute. <laughs> <laughs> um. So these transitions in between scenes, I never watch them. I never pay attention. But this time... You can see the billboards for movies that were out at that time. I see a one for Monsters Ball. I saw one for A Beautiful Mind and Collateral Damage. You know, they all be using them same stock images, child. I want to see if they use those images again. Because I don't think I've ever paid attention and saw those those billboards. It's very like, it's like a time capsule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we get back to Choni Child's Realty. And this Shelby girl is just changing everything. Why, Shelby? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Coming in here trying to regulate. God, no one asked you to do this. She didn't give Tony her coffee. She gave her tea instead because we're drinking tea now, bitch. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. It's full of antioxidants. And we're trying to be trendsetters. 
And she changed part of the food menu for the party because uh, many quiches are, they scream frozen food section, some shit. Which, excuse me? You trying to come for my class? Mm, you know how they do. Sure. You know better than me how they do. You know what these microaggressions show. I guess. That's a micro, there's a lot of microaggressions, especially when she takes Tony's desk and throw, throws it out and buys her a new one. And gets her a new bitch, because your taste is so much better than mine. Yeah. So then she, Tony's like, well, where's the phone list? And Shelby says, I put it right here on this zip disk. <laughs> Tony's like, well, we don't zippity do that. <laughs> I don't zippity do that. So it's really funny because zip disks are like, at that time, were kind of that thing where no one really knew, like, what, what, it, what does like it do? It's like an up and coming tech or whatever the fuck. Yeah. yeah. It's like the equivalent of the cloud now. Like how the cloud, mm. where is the cloud? How do you take stuff out of the cloud? It's so iffy. She may as well have been like, your phone list is in the cloud. Go retrieve it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I felt her when she was like, uh-uh. we don't zippity do that because I wouldn't know where to even put the zip disk. Yeah. I don't even know how that works. Like, girl, if you don't print my shit out on some paper. Yeah, just write it down, please. And I would, and still to this day, I would still rather have it on paper. I don't know if I'm just old school, but like something like that, a list is something that needs to you be can- in the email and, and then print it out. Yeah, you can either do it on paper or um, the the most technological I'll get with it is you text it to me. Mm-hmm. And I'll just copy and paste it into a file and I'll just, on my phone, just, you know, cross it off. Uh-huh. But after that, it'd be like, you gotta go to Google Drive and you gotta unlock it. And then you gotta have access again. to the motherfucker. Like, could y'all just You gotta share it, it with people. <laughs> like... like google docs or google drive or some shit and i'm like oh i don't just make it easy (laughs) yeah so she took tony's desk and i'm just like bro this tony tony just can't find an assistant in la that'll stay or that'll do right and this is when i noticed that william hasn't been seen in this episode as of yet up until this point we haven't even seen him it just came across my mind so i wrote it in my notes as i was watching it Mm. which is cool you know, not that I missed him. I don't miss him, I promise. It's just interesting. So <laughs> <laughs> that promise, guys, it's not that serious. But, you know, while we're here. No, it was just something I noticed. So Tony tries to assert her bossiness and let the girl know that she can't change shit around the office. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. So she'll be up and quits. Mm. She quits because she can't control the office and do what she want to do. Mm. It's Isn't interesting. that just a white thing? Her and Lynn quit for two different reasons. Lynn quit because, girl, you want me to do mad shit? Shelby quit because she's doing too much. (laughs) Mm, Good good observation. Yeah. They both quit for opposite reasons. But Tony goes over to Joan's house to vent, and she's like, why is the whole world against Tony Childs? She's speaking in third person again, so she hasn't quite completely lost it. She's still herself. Mm -hmm. The arrogance is still there. It's alive and well. And um, she's just having a hard time. And Lynn's just going in on her about saying Tony's evil. Tony Childs is evil. And her office is a pit of evil. Because she gave you a few tasks to do at work? Mm Mm-hmm. You're immature, Lynn. You're just, you're immature. Mm Mm-hmm. Are those motherfucking niggas over there at your job evil, too? For making you do your job? 
Yeah, I wonder how she does that. I wonder if they, I mean, they have to tell her what to do. And she has a, you have a time frame. You got these people that are coming to eat there that may be quite demanding. Mm -hmm. They might want forks. They might want extra sauce. They might want to change their meal out. What do you do then? Extra chopsticks. (laughs) Extra soy sauce, you know. And then Joan goes over to Tony and attributes all this sadness and everything that's going on with her to Tony. Maybe... Maybe the problem isn't the whole world. Maybe it's the boss. I mean, if if one person quits, then you can blame them. But if two people quit on their first day, then you only got yourself to blame. I think um, from the outside looking in, it does look like, You're well, the what problem. did you do to them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we saw how bad they were, but Joan wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't know. Well, Lynn probably told her a different story, but... Joan didn't see these assistants be terrible, so it looks like it's Tony's fault. But Tony uh, gets upset, and, well, she's not really upset. She's really sad. She's sulking, so she wants a a nutty buddy. And Joan goes to the kitchen to get it for her. And that's what Maya tells the story about when she started uh, as Joan's assistant. When I first started working for Joan, she didn't know what she was doing. She was controlling and obsessive, but I was patient with her. I trained her to stop obsessing over every single detail. Delegate! And trust me to do my job. And with the Lord's help, I molded that sadity, neurotic, control freak into a wonderful boss. Damn. All of that? Really don't like her, Maya? It sounds like you don't like her. A sadity, a neurotic, a control freak. God damn. But Maya's like, listen, my cousin Kim could be your assistant. And Tony's like, oh, you know, it sounds like a good idea. A chip off the old block. You know, Maya's a good assistant. Maybe her cousin will be too. Mm-hmm. So Maya goes off to call her cousin Kim and Joan comes back with a nutty buddy. And then Joan tells the story about how she molded Maya to become a great assistant. When she first started working for me, oh, she didn't know anything about being assistant. Nothing. Okay. But with patience, guidance and prayer. Thank you. <laughs> I molded that opinionated back talking in grade into a a wonderful assistant <laughs> why is she i feel like do y'all like each other because it's not kind of personal he said a back talking in grade a narcotic whatever the fuck neurotic neurotic <laughs> neurotic <laughs> said narcotic neurotic that too she gotta be all that and the scene ends with Lynn oh, still acting bitter toward Tony, like a kid. Like, are we not going to, no one's going to check her? Not a person. No one checked Lynn when she's sitting here talking trash about Tony. Mm-hmm. That was kind of weird. So we finally see William. What are you doing? He peeks his head <laughs> into Joan's office. And she's like, what you? What are you doing in my office? He's like, Haha, you don't know? I've been driving myself crazy for days. Wondering every time I opened a door, answered the phone, or flushed the toilet in the men's room, I, is this Jones' April Fool's Day counter prank? Counter prank? When did you prank me? Well, I got the clerk from the courthouse to call you and tell you that Hackett threw out the Logan motion. What a piece of shit! How does how did he know that wouldn't cost her her job? That's what I'm saying. Like that's not an April Fool's joke, bitch. When did you say April <laughs> Fools? Well, apparently the the clerk that called her was supposed to say it, but you're not supposed to leave that on somebody else to do. Yeah. Plus, 
isn't that like you can't meddle in law stuff like that as a joke isn't there some there has to be some kind of like illegality yeah if you're doing that like how cops they'll say like you can't like tamper with evidence there gotta be some shit in that realm because what type of shit is that that's insane and then at the end he's talking about some oh i had to get you back because the previous year she told him there was a stain on his tie and then he looked down and then she like did the finger thing on his face so this is what he came back with like nigga od (laughs) i came with a fucking water gun you come in with an ak-47 like what is (laughs) so yeah you can't let like it's been at least it's been at least a day and ain't nobody said april fools she done told sweetelson what what happened Uh she could have lost her job so and sweetelson said he was going to retaliate against judge hackett so it's starting a chain of events that could create a lot more problems and jones like you know once everybody finds out finds out about this joke you're going to be in deep trouble william Seriously. he's like haha right yeah this is your april fool's joke huh <laughs> and she's like no i'm not kidding and then he starts to scream <laughs> like joan did in the beginning of the episode so we're back at tony child's realty and tell me about maya's cousin she's tony's assistant she is very slow <laughs> very very there's something slow. there yeah there's she's something on, she missing. appears to be on the spectrum <laughs> appears that way i'm Boy. not an expert she's not checking up on the catering situation tony will ask her to do something and then she'll be like oh okay so she'll do it and then maya had asked her what happened with this that and the third like something that has to do with the opening it's like the confirming of the guest list yeah like confirming of the guest list. she's like oh i didn't know she wanted me to do that because she asked me to do this girl you could do both <laughs> yeah she makes it seem like if tony tells her to do one thing like if there's something on a list or something that she already told her if she tells her to do something else then that other thing is negated it's no longer a thing mm-hmm. it's weird and so it starts out with Kim saying, I forgot to tell you, a Jane Clayton called for you earlier. You mean Joan Clayton? No, I'm pretty sure she said Jane because I wrote it down. <laughs> oh, so that just makes it true. It's not possible that you wrote it down wrong. Because you heard it okay. wrong and you wrote it down that way, girl. <sighs> so then Maya comes in to see uh, what's going on with Kim and to see Tony. And... Tony and Maya kind of catching up and talking and the assistant comes in and stands in like somebody called her over there. Mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person I'll be like, did somebody, did we, did we call you over here? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Did somebody say your name? You got work to do, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody told you to come over here. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. But Tony tries to give her a hint like, well, there's so much to do. We have so much to do. And she finally gets the hint. And... I really find it hard to believe that you can't find a good assistant in L.A. Is it this hard? I don't know. Everybody there trying to be some type of actress or some shit. I don't know. That is true, yeah. (sighs) Or a model or... A rapper. Yeah. (laughs) But Maya sees how terrible this her cousin is. I love love when uh, Kim calls Maya Mai Mai. Kim, did you call to check on the caterer yet? Oh, I didn't think she still wanted me to do that. What do you mean? 
Because you told me to send out this fax. Well, can't you do both? Not at the same time, my my. <laughs> it's cute. Very cute. And yeah, she's like, Maya asks Tony, has this been going on all day? Tony's like, yeah. And Maya says, well, they'll fire her. We're only cousins by marriage. Which you could have said that up front so we know that, you know. So you know, I don't got to be lenient with her. Yeah, Maya. Like, huh? Yeah, that and she's not a chip off the old block, I guess. <laughs> so it's not like she has your, your organizational skills or, you know, mm. anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. So Maya's like, she can use her welding degree somewhere else. A welding degree? <laughs> they got degrees for that? Yeah, you get a trade. It's a trade. Oh, okay, 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 okay. A skill. She need to go do that. <laughs> she, you can go do that anywhere. I feel like you can get that a, a welding job anywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when Kim drops a bomb and she says... Uh, Tony! While you're in the bathroom, uh-huh. somebody came in. Something about a house. Um, Shut wowzer. Oh, oh gosh, super slow. And that's when Tony goes into the quiet room, and this is the first time we see the quiet room being utilized. And now I see what it's for. Is it to yell? To yell in? Or I think so. Like a like a meetings? soundproof room to yell. I think it's to have meetings in. Oh. Like a quiet place to have meetings in. But she it's it's soundproof glass. Yeah. But you can also yell in it and no one can hear you because it's a quiet room. Interesting. That's what I think. I highly doubt it's simply there only for screaming. That would just be a waste of money. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. It seemed really small to have a meeting in, but I guess. Well, when you're looking for a house, it's just a couple people. True. A couple, maybe the the two people that are buying the house. They probably won't bring their kids. There's no daycare there. Tony Child's realty. True. And um, Kim said she's been screaming in that room every few minutes all day. Poor Tony. She just wants to succeed. That's all she wants to do. So William and Joan are at Ame to meet up with Hackett and Sweetelson. And that's really strange. Isn't that their place? That's not... That's the girl's place. Mm. It's not Sweetelson's place. Yeah, it's like, in real life, they wouldn't meet there, but because of budgeting and they ain't trying to have another set, child. Oh, yeah. Y- y'all gonna yeah, meet at this, at, at this Asian restaurant like the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're gonna, I guess they're there to meet them to talk about what happened with the motion getting thrown out mm-hmm. and why it messed up. So Joan and William are, are like, okay, we're gonna do this together. We're gonna have each other's backs. And they go over to talk to them, and they explain what happened. Your Honor, I can explain. This was all Joan's fault. William, you're the one that played the April Fool's prank on me. She started it last year when she pointed out an imaginary stain on my tie, then flipped me in the nose when I looked down. It's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Fuck the having each other's back shit. Fuck that. <laughs> and Hackett's like, you know, you think it's humorous to mock me? And he goes, you know what? I'm filing a report with the bar detailing your transgressions. And I'll recommend probation. Oh, damn. That's a lot. Yeah, I got that shit on your record. Like, fuck you, Sweetelson. Yeah. Uh, Sweetelson's the one that says he uh, expects their letters of resignation the next morning. So Hackett was trying to just give them probation. But Sweetelson's like, nah, I want you guys out of here. For sure. For real, for real. Mm-hmm. So they look, they're just stunned. 
Did you think they were going to say April Fools? <laughs> um, no, because they looked very serious. But then I'm like, after they said April Fools, I'm like, isn't this just like a fucking cracker ass cracker to play with black people's feelings like that? Got them mm. going into damn near cardiac arrest because they think they done <laughs> lost their job. Like, fuck you, bitch. That's not an April Fools. <laughs> That is fucked up. And you know what? Like, you never see Swiddleston be serious like this. So that's another reason it looked pretty real. Like, damn, like, he's not laughing. He's not joking like he typically does. This looks real. Mm-hmm. So it, it could have been um, that some people thought that he was just gonna, that was it. That they were done. Or they would have to beg their jobs back somehow. Mm-hmm. But they start laughing, um, Swedelson and Hackett, and Swedelson says he loves hazing the junior partners. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. That's kind of fucked up. I guess. And so we're at the opening of the realty office, Tony Child's Realty, where we specialize in results. <laughs> and I see what everyone's been saying on Twitter about how Maya's dress... Did you see Maya's dress? Um, at the realty party? What had they yeah. been saying? That's the same dress that she bought for $300 in that one episode. Listen, she gonna have to use up that dress. <laughs> Darnell said all of that, all that, all of that drama that dress called. Nah, she, no, she didn't get to keep it. You didn't remember? Oh, she had yeah, to give it back. she had to give it back. So how the fuck she got it? It's just a wardrobe thing. The wardrobe department didn't have enough dresses. I'm assuming this because... Why would you have a, a storyline where she gives the dress back to the store and then she's wearing it again in this episode? I just think in wardrobe for the show, they didn't have enough dresses and they thought that we wouldn't recognize that it's the same dress. I mean, they all about the same size. You could have given them a to- one of Tony's dresses, Joan's old dresses. You had to use know. that one dress Maybe. that had a whole episode about it. <laughs> I'll put a side by side on Twitter, guys, so you guys can see. Um, but yeah, I just, I, that's all I think. That's what I think. They're trying to save on, on dresses. So they just had, they have a brand new set for Tony Child's Realty. They don't got time to be like buying new clothes. Oh my God, motherfucking dresses. <laughs> They're like, what is, nobody's going to notice. They didn't know that we'd be watching this on streaming in 2020, 2021, or that someone would be doing a podcast about it. Mm-hmm. So they just thought we'd forget. So that's that. But Shelby, strangely enough, comes into the party. Didn't you quit yesterday, earlier today, whatever? Yeah. She comes with um her celebrity client. Yeah, you know who it is? No. Can you give me the deets on this dude? You don't know this guy? He's a redhead. I've seen his face before. Um, What's his name? All right. His name is Danny Bonaducci. Danny an Bonaducci. That name is He's super most familiar. famous for. Do you know what he's most famous for? He was a child actor. Yeah. What show was he on? Um, I don't know. See, you be knowing these old shows, so I thought you would know this one. No, like, I know the show, if I would see it right now, I'd say, oh, but I don't know the names. What's the correct name of it before I botch that shit? Okay. The show is called The Partridge Family, and (gasps) it's, uh, there was a companion show to this. I think oh, it was kind of like the Brady Bunch. Yes, one of them. But they played instruments. They were a band. Shit. The whole family was a band. Uh huh. And he played bass. Uh huh. So he he did that as a kid. You know he was 
He was second in line for fame because his older brother was played by David Cassidy. Uh-huh. You know, David Cassidy was the heartthrob of that show. Uh-huh. And uh, Danny was the uh, the little brother. So after that, he had a few reality shows on VH1 um, detailing his issues with drug Shots addiction and alcohol, and alcohol addiction. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know if he still does drugs, but at that point, yeah, he used to, he was like, I used to just take pills. I didn't care what they were or know what they were. Someone handed it to me. I took it. I'm like, damn, you didn't give a fuck about your life. I mean, yeah. This is as per usual with these child stars. Yeah. So sad. Yeah. But do you know why she brought Danny to the party? So that he can use her to buy a house. Yeah. Shelby thought that Tony would be the best person to help. And I don't know why Shelby's trying to be nice at this point. She was just being a total bitch earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. Why does she want to do right by Tony at this point? What do you think? What are your speculations? She looking for a job because she's trying to quit. But isn't she working for Danny? Well, she don't like Danny. She don't like Danny. Mm-hmm. She want to quit. So she's trying to get him get back in her good graces mm-hmm. before she quit Danny's position. Mm, okay, okay, I'm fucking with it. Um, but yeah, Danny's really, really annoying in this scene. He's acting like a child actor, but he's a grown man. Mm-hmm. I guess it's supposed to be funny, but he's really bored at this party. He wants to leave, and he keeps telling Shelby he wants to leave. And she says, "Wait in the car," I think, but he leaves and goes and does that. And she's like, I, I, I'm tired of this guy. I'm so tired of him. And Shelby wants to work for Tony again. And at first, Tony's like, no, nah, we got that cover. We got Kim. Mm-hmm. And then Kim comes by and she's like, I took some initiative. All the cars were parked and the valets were just standing around. So I sent them all home. I think I saved like a hundred bucks. Kim? Mm-hmm. Who's going to get the cars? Oh, they left the keys. <laughs> <sighs> so then Shelby overhears this and she's like, hmm, so double my salary? And Tony's like, done. Tony says she would have she would have tripled that motherfucker, huh? Yeah. And then Shelby's like, ah, you're a sucker because I would have came back for the same pay. Mm. Dang. So y'all, Shelby played Tony. She looked around, saw the situation, and did what we all would do. Okay. Nago. I see you got a terrible assistant. She ain't. So, you desperate, you know? <laughs> so, tell me about this last scene when William finally gets to this fucking party late. Yeah, he gets to the party late. And he had given his key to who he thought was a valet. And he goes, hey, you know, they're not in uniform. Something like that. And the girls are like, um, the valet, them niggas went home. And then he's like, ha ha, whatever. And then we're like, no, seriously, they went home. And then Jonah's like, okay, now we got to call the police. And then Linda's like, is that your, ain't that your car? And she sees it driving down. Down sunset. Down sunset. <laughs> he thinks it's an April Fool's prank, which is like, bro, just get over it. Like your car just got stolen by, by a rando. Mm-hmm. And Joan's trying to convince him, but the scene ends with him still not believing. So, I mean, he got it. He could buy a new car. He got money. Right. 
I love how our our response to all their problems whenever they need to buy anything else is, ain't they a lawyer? Child, they got it. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, I know that not every lawyer makes a lot of money, but I know, I know based on what we've seen from William and Joan, they appear to make good money. Mm-hmm. So, so what's your uh, oh hell yes moment? My oh hell yes is Becky coming back and Working for um for Tony again because child I don't know where Tony was gonna find uh <laughs> an assistant who knows what they're doing. Oh Becky, man, is that still the name? We can't. Should we call her Karen instead? Is well, that the new term? she's not trying to get nobody in trouble, so we ain't gonna call her Karen. Oh, I got you, got you. That's the element that I forgot. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's what Karens do. The Karens just be making trouble with people for no reason. Got it, got it. So she could stay at Becky. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm messing with it. Cool, cool. Um, my oh hell yes moment is actually quite simple. It's very short. Um, it's at the beginning when Lynn says, I gotta start using my degrees. <laughs> uh you because think? instead of going to another what program, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe you should start using one of your five degrees. That way possibly you're doing something you love. Mm-hmm. And you're not acting like a brat and trying to quit, you know, every five minutes. So, yeah. Oh, hell yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a tweet here. I, I'm, I have to reiterate something because we've talked about this previously, but I still see tweets like this. Hold on. So it's a it's a quote tweet um, to a, a tweet about girlfriends. Um, Ms. Zenzi. I try. Uh, says, Girlfriends is one of the few shows where there are four friends with completely different personalities, and I wouldn't want to be friends with any of them. Well, damn. Antoine Nathaniel responds, Rewatching it, you can tell it was written by a white dude. Oh. <laughs> are you assuming that, that Kelsey Grimmer wrote the whole show? Um, I don't, I don't know if y'all know how this works, but Kelsey cut the motherfucking <laughs> check, Grandma. Was there he to cut, cut the, the check? He cut the check, and he put his name on it so that people can be like, "Oh, Kelsey Grammer's fucking with this show." Oh, that white boy from Frasier, he had part of this shit. So, you know what I mean? So it gives it a stamp of approval. Right, right. It was, it was like a look. It was like the face of it, so that we could get it put on and people will believe in it. Um, every episode we do, we say the writers and who wrote it. And if you watch the show, it tells you who wrote the episode in the credits at the beginning. And a lot if you of you guys want to Google these people. You can do that. And they are majority black people. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just want to clear that up. Don't come for Kelsey. Okay. Mr. Cut the motherfucking track. Put, put your money where your mouth is, Grandma. Don't come, <laughs> don't come for him. <laughs> don't come for him. So I just want to say that. I know we mentioned that earlier, but I, I, I saw that tweet today and I was like, I, I may as well say something on the show. I guess we don't need to say anything further after that. I don't want to keep coming back to this, but. Yeah. And it's like a lot of things that they say are very are very true to culture. So you can kind of tell when when black shows are written by black people and when they're written by white people. You can mm-hmm. tell there's a there's things in this in our in the black world and the black community that white people couldn't know Mm-mm. that well. You Mm-mm. know, the way some of these women talk, Mm-mm. there's no way Kelsey Grammer, even if I mean, a white man as opposed to a white woman like he's a white man there's no mm-hmm. way he would know mm-hmm. <laughs> the stuff we talk about 
and Seriously. be able to write it like that. So I'm just saying, I thought I would say that. And that's the only tweet that we have for today. And so um, next week, the episode is called X Does Not Mark the Spot. Mm-mm. I want to, oh, I know what this one is. I know because it says X. <laughs> this is a cool one. This is, this is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's still fucking with that little boy. Yeah, she's going to be fucking with him at least the rest of the season okay yeah but um guys rate subscribe review give us five stars on apple podcast chat with us on twitter at hell yes girl i see you guys tagging us i love to see people uh screenshot what episode they're on and tag us and talk about what we're talking about (laughs) especially someone um screenshotted our very first episode today um and made fun of how we talk about William. Well, Etsy talks about William. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Because we totally forget. Like, that episode was done last year. Like, in nah, the fall. So, ago. I forget what we said. No, <laughs> so, seriously. <laughs> we say so, so much So, shout out to people that are just now discovering us. And all the stuff we've said over this past almost year that we've been doing this. So... Um, we love to see that keep doing that and we will uh, talk to you guys next week when we talk about X marks the spot and as always I'm Nettie Smith and I'm Etsy Rowe be back here same time same place next week bye bye